0: Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Deb Shebish, and she's brought with her a handful of tunes and sweet memories of the late fiddler from Bloomington, Indiana, Joe Dawson. As transmitters of the tradition, we're simultaneously channeling our sources while becoming the source for someone new. Joe Dawson's impact wasn't far-reaching, but it was deep. And thanks to good, faithful people like Deb Shibish, his influence is just gonna keep growing. And it's gonna mix with Deb's influence, which is extremely far-reaching and just as deep. That's the thing about old time. The ego boundaries start breaking down pretty quickly. The best musicians in the tradition spend all their time talking about other people, and not just dead or old people, but newcomers too. It never ceases to amaze me how a tradition that's so American can be so profoundly anti-individualistic. I don't think Joe's goal was to achieve immortality through being a traditional fiddler. I think he just wanted to skip some rocks into a stream. But skip enough rocks, that stream's going to be different than when he started. Alright, Deb and I are going to kick things off with a tune called Patty Won't You Take a Drink of That Good Old Cider. Enjoy. You take a drink of that good old
1: cider. Good old cider. It's a debated title. Uh, My friend Joe Dawson, and from Indiana, I learned that. And sometimes, I I think I remember correctly. I'm going off all memory here, but I think I remember he used to call it, Patty, Won't You Take a Drink of Cider? Patty, Won't You Take a Drink of That Good Cider? Good old cider? All those different variations. But this is the title I actually like the best, so I'm going (laughs) to
0: stick to it. (laughs) I love titles that are sentences because they're the most. (laughs) <laughs> Subject to change. I was playing with, you know, Gordon Arnold. He's a, a banjo player, but mostly a cellist, old time cellist. He oh, has this real wolf. unique, like, um, kind of frailing cello style. But he, uh, <laughs> I we played, put, shoved that pig's foot, push that pig's foot a little further into fire. Yeah. There's like a billion different permutations of how people say it. And he had this version of saying it, like, it was a joke, but he, he's like, uh, while you're up, <laughs> you know, and like it was like this whole like
1: paragraph. You can get a lot of information out of the title, and you know what you're getting into. I yeah. love it.
0: Deb Shebish,
1: how are you? Yeah, I'm so glad you're on the show.
0: Um, yeah, welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thank you so
1: much. I am flattered and happy to be Good. here.
2: <laughs> I'm so glad.
1: Yeah, and I'm so glad we're neighbors because yes. we're both here in Philly. Yeah. And uh, the scene is booming. I think yeah. it's fantastic out here.
0: It is really nice out here. I'm excited to start. Mining my Philadelphia <laughs> friends for episodes because yeah, I've great. been I've been neglecting them because I've been at all these festivals and I was sure. like I'll get you Philly folks later and that's now right. yeah well, pay we, the piper. Yeah, now, now we have
1: to be stationary because festival season's yes. over yes we'll wipe our tears away yeah. and we'll start digging in yeah
0: <laughs> yeah it'll be good um, so you wanted to do Joe Dawson tunes like that's. I- are we doing all Joe Dawson tunes We're doing again? all
1: Joe Dawson except for the last bonus the track. The bonus track, yeah. um, It's a tune from Missouri called Pretty Polly. Yeah. But everything else is Joe Dawson. And for those that don't know Joe, um, I don't think many people do know Joe Dawson. He was a gentleman from Indiana. And I am from Indiana, so let me clarify that. I'm not a Philadelphian by whatever. Just by birth, I guess. I'm from Indiana. And... Joe lived in Bloomington, Indiana. He was born under a place that's now under Lake Monroe. It was, uh, yeah, Army Corps of Engineers uh, flooded the area where his farm that he grew up on was. And uh, he had all these cool tunes because he learned from his grandfather and his neighbors and everything like that. And then he moved to Bloomington and, you know, he was still playing a bit of fiddle, got married um was working, all that sort of stuff, didn't play for many years, I want to say close to thirty years. And after his wife had passed away, he came back to the fiddle because of neighbors. There was several there were several people playing in the neighborhood. Um, in Bloomington, there's a lot of great old-time players. So Frank Hall, who now lives in Ireland, is a fantastic old-time fiddler, mark Fetterson, um Gray Larson, who, Really was like Joe's adopted family member. He was yeah. so close with him, and Gray really um, did a lot of recording and just helped bring the tunes out of Joe's memory. And yeah. we would have weekly jams. And I had the fortune of meeting Joe. I want to say in 2000, I moved back to Bloomington. I had anyway. I was in different places, but I moved back to Bloomington and I lived a couple blocks over. Yeah, friend took me to the jam, and I was hooked. These. Tunes are fun and interesting and very unique.
0: Yeah. Do you hear anyone else playing these ones? Like, I mean, obviously some of these some of these titles are yeah. similar, but yeah. have you heard anyone else playing no. like this?
1: No, yeah. it's a handful of people that really yeah. know the music, and I'm extremely excited to be yeah. talking about on this podcast because not a lot of people do. And Gray has um, submitted some of the archival recordings that he made. To Indiana University's archive yeah, of, of traditional music. So hopefully it's gonna be accessible to people awesome. at a very short and soon amount of time, yeah. I hope.
0: Well, in the meantime, <laughs> uh, I do have people come up to me and say, hey, I'm learning those tunes, you know, of that one episode, I hope so. that, you know, and so like hopefully, hopefully, yeah, listeners, please. If you
1: learn it, call me up and play it over the phone to me. We'll, we'll yeah. have a jam on the phone. Deb
0: desperately wants people to be playing these tunes <laughs> yes, so she please. can play them out more.
1: Um,
0: yeah, he's he's passed now, right? He's
1: passed. He died in 2012.
0: Real recently. He was
1: yeah. yeah he was <laughs> either 84 or 85. There was a dispute. His sister. His <laughs> sister used to say he was one age, and he yeah. thought he was the other. So anyway, he, he was in his 80s when he passed away and it is a huge loss, yeah. but it was a huge gain having him, you know, around for all those years and sharing the music with us. It was really a privilege.
0: And so you lived a couple blocks from him mm-hmm. for the entire
1: no. time? No. No. Or- when I moved to um, Bloomington, I was living very close to him. And so for that year that yeah. I was living in that place. I would go and play music, but then after that, I lived several different places um, in Bloomington and in Indianapolis, yeah. and I would just drive down every Thursday to come play tunes with him. It was it was a pleasure because I loved Bloomington anyway, and so once a week coming down to see him. Yeah. But then every now and then, you know, we'd pop in and just say, "Hey, if we were in town," and it was great. I, I adored him, still do, and I adore his music and It was also just a lot of fun to hang out with. You know, it's like, of course, we're going to go to the jam Thursday. Yeah. It's totally enjoyable and Mm -hmm. wonderful. And there'd be a lot of different musicians each week. Um, Sometimes we'd get visiting musicians. If people were in town playing gigs or something, they'd... Gray would bring them over to meet Joe and and play some unique tunes. So it was a really cool thing.
0: Yeah. What was his, like... um his like personality was he very eager to sort of mentor everyone in this stuff or was he did he even think about it that way was he just like yeah I just like having company mm-hmm. or like what was
1: his well i think both but i think the first i mean this is my own opinion yeah. and take um he wasn't it wasn't like that in right. that you know i'm 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 school you he would he would watch you while you were playing he goes I think you're missing a couple notes. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and that would be all that was said. You know, yeah. you wouldn't go into specifics. You're just like, uh-oh, I'll get that one next week maybe. And it was a really funny story, and it was all in total good humor. Is yeah, that I yeah. played um, the State Fair Fiddle Contest in, in uh, Indianapolis, and I pay, played his version of the Black Mountain Rag, which is really a cool version. And I got second place. Mm. I tied with my friend Jolene. We had a playoff and everything like that. And I brought the ribbon. I'm like, hey, you know, of course, the main motivation was they gave you $200 if you want. I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I could care less. But it was it was nice, fun cash and a good time. Yeah. And I brought the ribbon to him. I'm like, Joe, I got second place in the State Fair Fiddle Contest. And I played your Black Mountain Rag. So yeah. I'm to thank you. He goes, well, you must have not played it right, because he got second place. And he knew, I knew he was kidding yeah. and You know, it was pretty funny. But I, I, I've, I still miss notes, and I hope through the recordings I finally get them solidified in my yeah. head. But it's really fun to think about the memory of learning from him and maintaining the spirit and, yeah. you know, hopefully getting the detail as I get, you know, older and listen on even more i'm kind of a person that learns by absorption yeah so
0: now was he like a was he a player that was he like a super precise player or more just a really interesting uh player well that's i mean that's a
1: that's a that's a great question to make me think about um because he was precise in the sense that it wasn't random the things that he did yes they changed sometimes right you know he would remember something because these tunes he didn't play for a long time right so he'd be playing it playing it and then he would think you know actually come to think of it i think this used to happen but he was pretty um steady with the bowings that he did just bowing patterns you know what i mean and notes it was almost always the same unless he kind of remembered a change and then he would incorporate that right um but it was also you know he had a great spirit to his playing yeah. and it, the jam was always very much about we were playing his tunes trying to play it how he played it but he was not opposed to other people you yes. know yeah maybe adding a double stop and, and just keeping the spirit of the tune while making it a good jam yes. that's my impression
0: what would you what would you have thought of my uh Five of six to six
1: <laughs> He would have loved it Okay, he great he <laughs> he I didn't disservice to his No, memory. I don't think he I can't really ever remember him Specifying any huh. Accompaniment Yeah I think he would have smiled He would have yeah. He would have liked it You know, I mean oh, cool. he, he, uh, His really good friend Is this guy named Daryl Who is an extremely fun Guitar player And actually sometimes Kind of does uh, Swing jazzy sort of Yeah, yeah stuff not when he was playing joe tunes but when he sings his own songs he he sasses it up on the guitar so yeah yeah, joe would have appreciated you
0: i do really like it when guitarists get a little bored in old time (laughs) jams that's that's what i prefer (laughs) i mean i love just like straight ahead you know solid traditional players too yeah i i mean i love just playing with bluegrass players who want to play old time yeah yeah disillusioned with playing bluegrass (laughs) you get a
1: little creative and funky i love it I love it. If it sounds good, it is good, Yeah, It is good, it is good. You want to play this Lady of the Lake? Let's do the Lady of the Lake. Now this is, I have to clarify, this is not a Joe Dawson tune, but I learned it from people in Bloomington that used to play. And I want to say I learned this from either Mark Fetterson or Frank Hall. And Mark Fetterson's daughter is Laura Fetterson. A lot of people know her. She's a wonderful, wonderful fiddle player from Bloomington. Um, And Um, They used to play in this band called, I believe, the Easy Street String Band, which was popular maybe back in the 80s, I believe. But they had this great version of Lady of the Lake, and it's a fun one, so let's do it. Let me uh, just do a quick spot check. Sure. Close enough
0: for a banjo,
1: With the tunes, but when we were playing, I was looking over at the list. I thought, "Well, shoot, we got some more to get in here, so we we could jam all afternoon, <laughs> yeah, Karen." <laughs> yeah, you certainly
0: could. And that tune just keeps going because of that that key change. You could yeah, just sort of play it forever. Real circular,
1: and yeah. you, you don't want to give it up, but yeah, well, it's good. It's I love playing that tune for contra dances. Because it's got some fun points for stomping, and it fits with the dances a lot. I kind of tailor my tune to wherever the balance and swings are. So if they give a good stomp, boom, I give it a good shove with the bow there, and it adds excitement. But that tune just wants to keep rolling and rolling, and it's great for dances, I think.
0: Well, let's uh, take a quick quick Joe break and talk about Deb for a minute. (laughs) As you you get into playing... uh, into playing old-time music. When did that start? Sure. And maybe also just music in general, fiddle in general, yeah. Okay. Take us on that, on that journey, <laughs> on the Deb journey. Oh,
1: years back. Here we go. Okay. Um, I was, did a degree in classical music yeah. at Indiana State University in beautiful Terre Haute, Indiana. And it is... It's not a, a scene of old-time music. There's people that play music there. Um, there's actually a fantastic guy named... Louis Popejoy, but he's much more of a bluegrass player. And so I was about nineteen or twenty, and someone told me go down to Popejoy's music. They'll they'll show you some some fiddle bowings and licks like that. Because I someone gave me a say that name again. Louis Popejoy. Popejoy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Popejoy. <laughs> okay. Cool. Cool. And uh, um, he. I was someone gave me a CD of Irish music is kind of where I started with that I really love Irish music I'm an Irish music I, I, I play a lot of Irish music and that's how I first got into it so it was an Alton CD which is a great band from Donegal and I was listening to it and for the life of me I could not figure out what was going on with this bow and they were playing yeah. lightning fast yeah. and I was like how do I learn this you know yeah. it, this is we didn't know YouTube this was 96 yeah, yeah. or something and so I go down to Louis Pope Joy and he gives me a piece of sheet music with the red apple rag on it with a yeah. bowing pattern written. Yeah. And it was down, up, down, up, down, mm. up. And the point of the exercise was to get me doing that kind of swing fiddle bowing. And he was never very, um, he didn't say, this is it, you have to do the bowing like this. It was an exercise to get me into that feel yeah, yeah. of uh, less classical and more fiddle. And, I mean, Louis's so generous. I, I was ready with the checkbook. He said, no charge for that lesson. You know, go learn. It was amazing. He's, he's a, still teaching. He's a fantastic guy. And so that really led me on the journey. Then I went over to Bloomington. They were having an Irish session where it was slow tunes. They would teach them deliberately. To me, it was like Christmas every Saturday. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't yeah. believe it. Met all these people. Um, and moved over to Bloomington after college, it, still going to this session. Meanwhile, when you're in Bloomington, uh, you play Irish music, you also meet the bluegrass yeah, players no. and the old-time no. players. So I started hanging out with different people. Um, a lot of people were really generous and uh, taught me things. There was, there's also still an old-time radio show in Bloomington called Old Train 45. Old Time Train 45 yeah. by Mike Kelsey and Arbutus Cunningham is her radio name. And they play old-time tunes, but once a month, or basically whenever people said they could show up, they would have a live show. Yeah, yeah. People would come out of the woodwork. Steve Dickey from Paoli, Indiana, who's Lotus Dickey's son, great musician. Um, All these folks would just come out, and we would jam live on the radio. One time, some lady brought her chicken in because she was excited, and she brought her chicken down to the studio, and I thought, that's wonderful. You know, like, this is a random thing. (laughs) A um, wonderful man named uh, Claude Ferguson, who wrote a book called "You Two Can Play the Spoons." From it, he's from Bloomington. <laughs> we used to have these fun, crazy jams. It was a happening, and that's what really got turned me on to old time. But yeah. I learn what I like, mm-hmm. and, and then not long after that, I met Joe. I learn what I like, and so uh, you know, I I hear recordings that I'm interested in. And I take things that kind of surrounded me. And so my repertoire is a little funky. Um, that's why it's fun for me to go to these festivals and hear yeah. what people are playing and what people know because it gets me into that mode. Um, but I'm kind of actually happy in hindsight that I have this funky repertoire because now people are interested in these Joe tunes. And it's yeah. like, oh, I, I'm bringing something to the table. I feel good about that, you know? Yeah, totally. So that's kind of it. Um, I I did a master's degree in Scotland at the School of Scottish Studies um, I had helped a ballad researcher and went over there and fell in love with music from Orkney Islands. Huh. And so I love a Scottish music. Yeah. And we were talking earlier that when I used to play in the sessions in Edinburgh, they would say, play Waiting for the Federals. Because Ellie yeah. Bain, a really yeah. famous fiddler, had visited Tommy Gerald and made that tune famous. And I thought, this is pretty cool. People know what old-time music is. Yeah. And it was just... I felt weird playing it because I'm. I thought I'm here to learn Scottish tunes, but yeah. oh well. If you want yeah. old time, I'll do it.
0: <laughs> as uh, as as much of it, you know, I perceive there to be you know America to have a bad rap, you know, around the world in certain ways. People love American music. They sure
1: do, and especially, <laughs> I think also there's the terminology thing where we say old time. Yeah. Most yeah. people know it as they. They even think of it as, even if they hear bluegrass and they hear old time, it's bluegrass to a lot of people yes, that aren't yes. around here, or even within the country. But I think that's kind of a cool thing. Is because I'm a bluegrass
0: it's... musician when people pay me. That's right. It's sure, like, <laughs> I right. play bluegrass.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so there's that terminology thing, and they would often say, "Yeah, play that bluegrass tune. Yeah, and yeah. Oh, the other, oh, the other big one that everyone loves is Jerusalem Ridge. They love that yeah. tune. And it's really fun to be asked for these kind of party yeah. pieces not yeah, yeah. not in your own element because you know sometimes if you go to a jam and someone asked for that they'd be like oh no that that's the bluegrass tune but you, when you're not in that sort of environment sure i'll do it let's yeah. do it you know <laughs> rocky top yeah let's yeah. do it, okay. <laughs> if, it makes, if it makes the connection good right, you know? right, right. but it, it's kind of it's a fun thing to be to have The opportunity that i had to be exposed to a lot of different music and learn that there's a great appreciation for old time in many places it's cool
0: very cool that's cool that you play other styles too i mean like you can party with anyone you know (laughs) and you also play accordion
1: i play a bit of piano accordion and uh, it's very funny that i keep kind of acquiring accordions people tend to give them to me I don't know what that means about the state of accordion playing, but <laughs> these things, I have three in my house right now. What do I do now. with this accordion? What I if, know someone I, will I, take that that's off That's exactly hands, it. Yeah. yeah, but that's a fun element for me. I, I'm very interested in Eastern European music. I took Hungarian language three years ago.
2: Yeah.
1: Love Hungarian music. Um, and when I search for Hungarian music on the web, often they'll throw in a Romanian or Russian accordion yeah. player, so you go down the rabbit hole. Yes. So that's kind of a side passion of mine right now, but the, the accordion stays at home most of the time because it's it's one of those instruments that it's always going to be a work in progress for me. But uh-huh. I, I love it; it's right such on. a fun project.
0: <laughs> cool. Well, let's uh, let's do this Indiana Waltz, yeah. and I'm gonna let you do the first pass because I've already forgotten it. <laughs>
1: That's so, no problem. I'll, I'll jump in when I remember. <laughs> this is a Joe Dawson tune. Um, I think it was written by someone in Kentucky. Okay. But we played the Indiana Waltz usually weekly because it's such a good one. So I yeah. hope you enjoy. It. Yeah.
0: Indiana Waltz that was real that's a real sweet waltz I love it
1: I love that one
0: three parts
1: and who cares if it was written in Kentucky the title is Indiana Waltz and I'm from Indiana so I'm gonna play yeah I
0: always think yeah these name these name uh, tunes that are named after places I always wonder is that named in the place
1: about the place about the place
0: (laughs) yeah interesting do you know why? Do you know it's from I, Kentucky who's the source? Yeah. I
1: I don't know. That's just what Joe would say. He goes, right. you know, this was written in Kentucky. Yeah. Which I he's don't know. Kentucky, I I don't know Indiana how we knew that. Yeah. I think he said that maybe Bruce Green knew that too okay. as well. And I know Bruce Green has yeah. a great collector's mind and he's great with those tunes, so he would probably be a person to ask that question to. Or maybe I'm completely making that up and remembering wrong. Yeah. I hope I hope you're not inundated with questions Bruce (laughs) Bruce
0: right in I gotta get him on the show that
1: would be great
0: that would be a big deal for me (laughs) yeah Uh, awesome so Joe Dawson Indiana we have another Joe Dawson tune we have two more Joe Dawson tunes to do let's do this Fisher's Hornpipe and it's got this real bonkers little slide on it
1: I have no explanation other than this is the best Fisher's Summer Pipe on the planet. I and, love it. <laughs> and God
0: knows there's so many of them. There's
1: loads. There's yeah. loads. This is a, this is a, I love this, I love this version. And you get to do the little funky slide, oh, too. Oh, boy.
0: <laughs> That's delightful. It's hard not.
1: And I want to tell the listeners yeah. there at home that every time we would do that slide, camera would crack a smile. Yeah. And it's <laughs> hard not to because it's such a funky little tune, yeah. you know?
0: Yeah. This is pure whimsy right there. Yeah. <laughs> Did you do that? Pull that kind of stuff often? Like, just like, here's a fun little.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we had kind of like a rotating repertoire people could call tunes it was always his tunes that we played yeah, um, yeah. sometimes if we had something interesting we wanted to bring you know, we'd, yeah. we'd play something different maybe mm-hmm. but we, we would play his tunes because it was a jam but it was also kind of to get that repertoire rolling yeah. and maybe pull some stuff out that he might have forgotten yeah. and he would remember things different tunes throughout the years um, I mean I remember I, I can only relate to myself that someone plays a tune you learned 15 years ago I forgot that I knew that yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. it's You can only imagine if someone didn't play for such a long period of time, stuff would resurface, and that would kind of go into the the repertoire. But yeah, we'd play that one, and it was... Everybody's got their favorites, and that's a great one.
0: Uh, How how old was he when he died? 84.
1: 84. He was
0: 84. Was he just fiddling up until the point that he died?
1: He was in hospice. Um, He had a hospice nurse, and we had a gathering about two weeks before he died, and... You know he he was, it was a great gathering. It was wonderful, and he was um, playing that night. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, really, up until the end, and you know it was obviously he. It was a lot more difficult for him. Yeah, and you could see that. But the fact that you're still playing fiddle, and uh, you're in a hospice situation, and you know maybe you haven't been feeling well. But he, he wanted people to come over yes. and we had this great gathering and it was just really cool. And actually he played. His nurse had never seen him play, but didn't know this about him at all.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And she was a wonderful person. She didn't she knew he played. Right. But never seen him play and didn't, you know, know the extent of the people that just loved his music and loved him. And we had this gathering, and she her her husband was there too, and she was blown away. <laughs> she yeah, could yeah. not believe. She's like Joe. I had no idea this is what you you guys do or yeah. did. You know, yeah. and it was very cool. It was very cool. Man, you know, bittersweet because you know, he was not well at all. Yes, but at the same time, you think, what better way to do if you're not feeling well than to just have some music and make things normal? Yeah, you know? and that was what we did. It was really fun.
0: Were you um, were you playing like were you still regularly playing with him? like up until that point or was it just sort of like, was there a slow decline? And then, yeah. Cause he was, was he, did he have cancer?
1: Um, I think it was a heart, heart failure that okay. he, he passed away from eventually. Yeah. Um, he, I had moved to Philadelphia.
0: So here's, yeah. When you, when I first saw you at a Philly jam, like a few months back, Everyone was like, Deb's coming
1: back. (laughs) And I was like, who's Deb?
0: (laughs) And so, like... We
1: got rid of her, and now she's back. (laughs) Uh, uh, I lived here uh, in... I moved here in 2011. Oh, okay. Now, I had met a lot of people from here back in 2001 at the Folk Fest, and I'd come back and forth just for visiting. Yeah. But I moved here in 2011. I was working for the school district as a violin teacher. And um, I lived here for two years. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was really cool. You know, it was really... Fun to be around everybody again, but I had a back surgery and I ended up leaving the job. Plus, my husband was in school, yeah. So we just went back to Indiana so we right. could finish up and get that going. And uh, just recently, uh, gosh, when did I move in? Beginning of August. Moved in here in good old Roxboro here yeah. in Philadelphia, yeah. and I love it. I mean, I'm there's so much music going on. I'm really happy to be back. Um, that being said, up until 2011. I was working in Indianapolis, and I would drive down and see Joe. Maybe not every week, because, you know, it's an hour and some away, but yeah. I would be pretty regular and yeah. come down to the jams. And then when I moved out to Philly, when I came back to visit family and stuff like that, you know,
2: yeah.
1: five, six times a year, we'd head down there. It's, yeah. it's like a main motivator when you're yes. home to, to get out and visit people. He's one of the people I would definitely want to visit and come to that mm-hmm. jam. And then... I was living in Philadelphia in 2012, of course. So I moved out here in 2011 and was home for spring break from school when he was ill and we had that last jam and I was very happy that I did. And, you know, you kind of wish that it was different, but things are the way they are. And I was pretty darn lucky to know him for as many years as I did. And he was witty and funny and had great... um, knowledge on gardening and he would plant by the signs you know and also he was a master carpenter he for people that are familiar with indiana university it's pretty historic it's this beautiful limestone campus and he hand hewn the main beam in the beck chapel which is a historical chapel on campus so every time i go by that building when i'm in town i think about that it's like you know that's a really cool mark on the city. He left a really cool mark musically as yeah. well.
2: It's
1: a fun thing to think about.
0: That's awesome. Yeah.
1: He's sorely missed.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but uh, a, little, a little bit less now. Exactly. Because you're playing his tunes.
1: <laughs> that's that's a big motivator for yeah. me. And also, if, I mean, if you don't mind, I'll mention the movie that I'm working please, on. I'm working please. on a documentary called... <laughs> Excuse my voice. I'm a little sick, but... Uh, Hoosier Fiddlers and
2: it, <laughs> <This is crazy. laughs> that's a great name for the documentary <laughs> it's, it's
1: Hoosier not Fiddlers telling that. not told that yet and uh, for anyone that doesn't know if you're from Indiana you're a Hoosier yeah. and nobody quite knows what it means you know there's a lot of different takes it's just one of those weird <laughs> words that happens and <laughs> <laughs> and um, there's all sorts of cool music in Indiana that's associated with fiddle playing a lot of old time but Indiana is so rich in bluegrass, especially a lot of these family bands. Yes. Um, and then there's just some like different elements going on. Yeah. So for example, I'm definitely going to uh, include Joe. Yeah. Um, there's another guy that my in-laws, who are folk musicians in a band called Hogeye Abbey, like sea shanties and American folk and Irish folk. They <coughs> played the state fair in Indiana for years with this guy named Noble Mountain who I believe just passed away at 101 or 2. And he was a preacher and a fiddler. And he played and played for years. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to use archival yeah. material for those guys. Yeah. But you know what? That's okay because that's going to be a different element. Yeah. Um, there's some other people that I just know and admire for... Yeah. Um, their contributions to the musical landscape specifically uh lotus dickey is a famous songwriter in indiana that was just really unique his son steve dickey and lotus has passed away Um, there's a big festival in bloomington named after him the lotus festival and it's a world music festival awesome but he was a um, singer songwriter old-time musician his son steve is a phenomenal musician he's going to be included in the film um there's another woman in Bloomington named Dina El-Safar, who founded the band Salam, 20 some odd years ago, and it's a Middle Eastern band. It plays, I guess you would just say Middle Eastern music in general, but she has a a huge interest in Iraqi music, and she plays violin music from there, and it is mind-blowing to hear her talk about this, and I thought about it, I said... This is fiddle playing, and this is part of yeah. the, the landscape. Yes. And I think it's going to be fun because it's not what people expect when they think of yeah. fiddling, but it definitely is. Yeah. Um. So I can't wait to show people that. And is then, she
0: is she a Middle Eastern lady?
1: She has. Um. She's from Chicago, and I believe she has. Iraqi relatives. It's like yeah. one of her parents was Iraqi American, and I think the other parent was not. So she definitely yeah. has roots. She also has a very musical brother, um, Amir El Safar, who's a fantastic jazz musician. So the yeah. the family is packed with music, and she started learning this music, I believe, not from her family. So that's an interesting thing. Yeah. But she became interested in it, and
0: because she had, she knew that that was in her history. So that's how she. Yeah, yeah. And,
1: and I think she she knows relatives. Um, yeah, and she. I hate to speak out of turn, but I think she is quite close with a lot of her relatives that maybe still live there. But she did not grow up with that type of music. Yeah. But that, I think, is a theme with a lot of people, is that maybe you weren't exposed to that when you were growing up, but you start getting this interest, maybe around that age where you're in college or just out of, and you start looking at your roots and the music associated with it.
0: I don't know a lot about Iraqi music, but I know that, like... In a lot of those, like, areas that were, like, um, affected by, like, Taliban or Mm -hmm. Al-Qaeda or, like, Mm -hmm. I know that, like, in Afghanistan, like, when the Taliban was in there, they would just, like, literally go into people's homes and... Trash their instruments and stuff you know and so like i want it's cool that she's playing that music you know what i'm keeping that going yeah i'm
1: really interested to dig in deeper and find out more i know that she said a lot of her learning came from interviewing and learning from people who were expatriates in europe yeah because it's very it was very accessible to her there
2: um
1: It's a fascinating thing, like politically and socially. And also it's fascinating to listen to her talk about the scale systems that she uses and the rhythmic systems. And it's just such a different element. When I was listening to her talk, I thought this is one of the most fascinating things I've ever listened to. It was was phenomenal. And she's a very active performer. And she's um, a teacher. She teaches classical violin and viola she did a degree at iu but she has this life of folk music with her band that is so rich and so cool yeah
2: it's
1: it's gonna be a neat element in the movie also i mentioned him earlier louis pope joy i'm gonna interview louis because he has taught everybody in that area just yeah. he's such an amazing guy and such a generous teacher and he's had a god huge bless impact. the louis pope choice <laughs> yes. of the
0: world you know yeah. like every interview i do there's someone had some sort of louis pope Choy yeah. you know it's like in yeah. in their town that like introduced
1: them and... and this you know he's been doing it all these years maybe even the years where this wasn't i think folk music is very trendy right now and yes. people are getting very into it but all those years that it wasn't He's still teaching. He's still yeah. got his music store. He's he's a great resource. And you mentioned his name in Indiana. Almost everybody knows him. They're like, of course, Louis was at Bean Blossom Bluegrass this year. <coughs> and it's it's a really fun element. And I think people are going to be pleased and interested. And I hope yeah. people from outside Indiana take an interest in the music, too. Right on. Yeah.
0: So who's your fiddlers, who's
1: your fiddlers?
0: <laughs> awesome well, yeah while we're uh because we only got one tune left and that'll be the last one um let tell us about what else can we you have a website you have you have cds and
1: <laughs> let's plug, let's plug that stuff self-promotional time I, i'm very bad at this i have a website it's my name deb yeah
2: and
1: um, I I play a mix of Irish and old time music on yeah. the recent CD that I just did called Kitchen Fiddle yeah. and we're sitting in my kitchen right now Yeah. and I just had a jam the other night where I have to jam in the kitchen because the acoustics are good but also if you're not in the kitchen people have to get up to get something to drink or yeah. eat we don't want to kill the, the vibe right. of the jam <laughs> we want it convenient but that's where when I practice that's where I play I, I sit in here and I you know yeah practice my music in here and all that sort of stuff. I play with some fantastic musicians on the CD, some local musicians, Barb Johnson, Ray Frick, Carl Barron, Jan Glider, and uh, we just have John Mahoney. I forgot John, sorry. Um, We have some really fun times. There's also a um, Irish component with local Irish musicians that I play with often. Also, I play some of these Joe Dawson tunes with a wonderful banjo player, my friend Jude Odell from Indiana. Some of you may know her. She's a phenomenal banjo player. And you hear her banjo playing and then you hear her sing and you can't even believe it. It's just great old time jug band stuff. Yeah. Hi, Jude. I'm giving you a good shout out here.
0: <laughs> yeah, Jude, you're, I just heard your banjo playing for the first time and it's is dope. It's real good. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I couldn't believe it. She rocks. That's and a cluck. She's right a there. great. Um, <laughs> Uh, visual artist as well she does clay art she's an amazing teacher uh, so Jude is great and we were playing all this music in Indiana and we've just had a lot of fun so the CD's a fun mix um,
0: kitchen fiddle kitchen
1: fiddle yeah. yeah but also on my website is a blog about folk music yeah. and I have a lot of different interests and I f- I-, I feel like I want to promote and plug things that people might know about not know about Certainly. especially when I travel so when I travel like I love to go to Hungary I took Hungarian language a few years ago and when I go there I love the dancing and the music yes not everybody would know how to access that as easily as a musician who's interested yeah. in it and have a little language so I I like to post this stuff in the hopes that maybe somebody's saying Hungarian folk music right they may come across this blog and go to some of these ruined pubs that have great Balkan or Hungarian dancing music. And also just like local sessions, local happenings. I'm really excited to be plugging your podcast in a blog article. So (laughs) let's cross pollinate. So it's just, what's uh, the name of that blog? It's just on my website, debshevich.com. You'll come across it. I have a little tag that says Deb's music blog and it's a potpourri of wonderful things.
0: Cool. well yeah we'll put the link in the in the description of the episode so if you're on your phone right now just like uh, if you're on an iPhone I think you just you just sort of just tap at it until you see the description and then there's a way to make it a link and you'll at least be able to see it if not tap at it until you until you reading. just keep
1: pushing just keep <laughs> pushing that's
0: how these <laughs> devices work they don't they don't even have words <laughs> labeled on there anymore? Right. Play pause, you know. It's just like just keep pushing and you'll you'll get to that blog.
1: <laughs> this has been a lot of fun, and yeah. I am so happy to be here. And I love your music, and I think what you're doing is fantastic.
0: Thanks, Dad. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait
1: to listen to all of your podcasts. Oh, yeah.
0: I'm, I'm excited for you to hear it, and all of these my my number one thing. And I didn't necessarily expect this to be the thing, but is getting tunes that aren't currently in. Circulation mm. or resurrecting tunes yeah. from the dead you know because there's all these fiddlers are, are um just like doing it you know for professionally or as a hobby but are you know trying to revive these these tunes and i'm so happy that people are using this this show as a resource and actually learning these tunes please continue to do that and
1: well it's kind of cool because you think oh, oh I, I saw that person at clifftop I'm gonna learn this. Yeah. And I'm gonna go up to them next year and I'm gonna play this tune with them. And I I'm already planning on doing that. I think that's the coolest thing. And you're gonna start a new a new repertoire. You're yes. gonna it's a great way of communicating with people in mass.
0: Yeah. Amen.
1: Amen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I need
0: to get to G real quick and then we'll play, uh, no problem. play this waltz.
1: Um, you want me to talk about the waltz while we're uh... oh you you want to tune first? Yeah, don't
0: say too in- anything too interesting while we're tuning because <laughs> I'm probably just gonna smash cut.
1: <laughs> Let me check this. All right. All right. Tell oh, us about this waltz. Betty and Beauty. This is a Joe Dawson tune. Yeah. And it's a beautiful little waltz, and Joe had two horses. I can't remember how old he was when he had these horses, but he was plowing the fields with them, so it was must have been when he was quite young. And um, there were, he just had so much affection for them when he spoke about them. Beautiful horses. He would describe them working in the field. And Gray Larson wrote a little blurb for me when I was asking for my liner notes for the CD. And he said, you know, these horses were so close to Joe, and he had such a great relationship with them. He described it as almost when Joe would describe it, Gray got the feeling that it was almost this telepathic relationship where you could think what you wanted the horses to do and they would do it. And it's such a great vision to think about someone, you know, having this wonderful relationship with these horses and doing this farm work. And the tune I think reflects it. It's really a beautiful tune. Very simple and beautiful. So this is Betty and Beauty, the names of the horses.
0: If you want to buy Kitchen Fiddle, follow Deb's folk music blog, stay updated on the progress of the Hoosier Fiddlers documentary, and check out her other projects, go to debshebish.com, uh, that's D-E-B-S-H-E-B-I-S-H.com com, and uh, take a look around. It's all there. If you want to get access to the weekly bonus tracks, MP3 downloads, or just chip in a little scratch to show your appreciation for Get Up in the Cool, go to CameronDeWitt.com and click the button that says Patreon. Find a level that works for you and sign up to regularly support the show. Then brag about it to your friends. Go ahead and get real smug about it. You did a good thing. I'm not making Radiolab here. I pay Squarespace to host my podcast. They don't sponsor me. No one sends me nature boxes or antimicrobial undershirts or German engineered razors. If you've (laughs) been near me at Clifftop, you know those last two are true. All I get is money from nice people like you, as well as some modest cred in the old-time community and, of course, the artistic fulfillment of making a thing. Mostly just that last one. Although, if it weren't for the money, I'd be dropping the ball all the time. Like, it might still be a weekly show, but probably not. I'm sick right now, and it's hard to feel artistic fulfillment when you have a fever. I need a diversity of motivations, is what I'm saying. Also, I just got back from Boston, where I recorded five episodes of Get Up in the Cool, and I was able to do that because of my Patreon supporters, which now includes Jonathan E. Newton. Thanks, man. You're very literally responsible for keeping this operation running smoothly. It means a lot. All those websites I mentioned are linked in this episode's description on your device, as well as on Get Up in the Cool's Facebook page, which you should like and follow. One final thing before I sign off. Zach Griffin. Yeah, you. I know what you did. That's right. Someone talked. You're busted. Thanks for getting Dr. Fiddle back online, man. (laughs) No one wants to put in the work to learn Eck Robertson tunes by ear, so thanks to you, I might actually get to play Eck's vastly superior version of Billy in the Low Ground with someone someday. If that sounds cool to any of my listeners, just go to drfiddle.com and uh, search through the Eck Robertson collection and thank Zach Griffin for it. Thanks again to Deb Shebish and Joe Dawson. Your music is beautiful and it tells a beautiful story. I thank you everyone for listening. Get up in the cool
2: same time next week.